this is Jesse Jackson joining my good friend Terry Smith in a brand new, uh, what we hope will be a regular um, episode all about the archives with Terry and Jesse. How you doing, Terry? I'm doing great, Jesse, and really looking forward to this. I am too. Uh, Terry and I, as um, hopefully if you're listening to this, you know who we are, um, but we have we talk all the time via email and uh, I was, he was kind enough to have me back on his music talks podcast. And I said, gosh, I had so much fun talking to you. I wish there was a way we could talk more often. And Terry, you said, well, we could always review the archive series given they come out once a month. And I thought as Terry would say, that was brilliant. (laughs) Um, It would give us a consistent thing to talk about. And so that's our plan. Uh, when the archive comes out, he and I will schedule some time to talk about it. We'll visit. We'll share a little thoughts. Um, before we get to this specific uh, release, talk to me, Terry, about your general thoughts about this this series. And do you do you buy all of them? Do you look at them? If you don't buy all of them, how do you decide? Just share a little bit, and then I'll share the same things. Okay. Well, in terms of the series itself, uh, I mean, I've put in my notes, you know, thank goodness uh, Bruce is doing this. And it's one of those things that if you think back, I mean, I go back to the 70s when, um, you know, we were hearing about this guy on live shows. But the, the very first footage I saw was actually 1978 was the first time there was anything shown on British television. So... If you'd have told me at that time that in the future, once a month, there would be a high-quality, complete concert coming out, it would have seemed like uh, Nirvana. So uh, I'm a big fan, as well as being a music bore, I'm also a hi-fi bore. So I guess I'm the perfect Springsteen fan in terms of John Landau, because I am sad enough that I buy I buy the high-def, uh, uh, the very high-def uh, download, for my stereo system but I'm then one of these completists who has to have a physical version so I also buy the CD and if I'm buying the CD I might as well have the mp3 because it's like three bucks more and then I can use that on my phone so I actually buy three copies of every concert Jesse <laughs> I, I, I understand that um, I I think you know I've bought two hard copies of the autobiography when it came out in paperback of course I had to buy it Plus, I got the audio version. Yeah. <laughs> and tell you what, Terry, none of the stories changed on any of the versions. Strange, but, that, isn't it? Strange. Yes. Um, I, I do not buy every um, thing. It depends on, I look, I see, is there songs on this that I don't normally have live? Or is it an interesting concert yeah. that uh, had been live? And then I kind of make my choice. Uh, though they are all worthy, and it's it's always a lot of fun. Um, I also tend to, if I'm lucky, and if they are lucky enough to put out a show that I've attended, you definitely want it because one of my early fandom moments was when I went and saw Bruce for the first time in 2002 here in Dallas. Um, I don't remember how, but someone was connected with fandom and got me a two-CD very bad bootleg of the show right so that i could re and and to re-experience the joy of being at that show uh was always fun so 
I, I agree with you. The idea that you're getting real quality songs yeah. and real quality audio from all these different eras of Bruce is pretty amazing. Well, I think one of the things we should talk about in a future episode is which which of the shows you've been to would you want released? So let's have that Ooh. for a future idea. I think we will put that on the we will put that on the parking lot, as they say. <laughs> Um, we will take turns kind of hosting. Yep. Uh, I'll start it out. This week, we are talking uh, September 25th, 1999. The official synopsis is a memorable six-night stand in the city of brotherly love ends on a high note with some old friends on Philadelphia 99. The 22-song set begins in jaw-dropping fashion with the long-awaited return of Incident on 57th Street last played in December 1980 and features the first reunion tour performances of Point Blank, Sherry Darling, Streets of Philadelphia, Jungle Land, and Raise Your Hand to appear in the archive series. Philadelphia 99 also includes one of only five stagings of the epic New York City Serenade circa 1999-2000 following a 24-year hiatus. Indeed. Indeed. All right. So what we thought, we actually, Terry and I being Terry and I, we actually come up with a regular concept. So um, let's start out with any specific comments about it, and you'll include any of your highlights and other thoughts. Yeah. Uh, magic moments, as I, uh, as I like to think of them. So, um, I mean, the synopsis, I guess, talks about the first one, which is, yeah, it's the it's the last of six nights. If you're a Bruce fan, you know that he's gonna he's gonna come up with some rarities. But I can't believe many people went to that gig that night thinking that one they'd hear incident and two he'd start with it. Uh, I have to say it's a holy grail for me. I've seen him forty eight times. I've seen him do incident three times. I've never seen him do it with the band. It's always been him at the piano. Um, so you know, back to your. Do you buy? Don't you buy? I think this is a must-buy. Just if, if only for the fact that it starts with incident. And uh, I guess the closest I can come to imagining what the audience was like was I was lucky enough in 2014 to see him in Charlotte, uh, and he came out and he started with Iceman, and you know the audience we were in the pit, and it started and it, there was just this brilliant moment where everybody's looking at each other going. Is, is this what I think it is? Um, and it really was electric. So I think, you know, that that would be my my first magic moment, um, starting with that. He then does, you know, he does the three-pack. And in fact, if you, this is how retentive I am. If you look at the main set, it's basically incident and then blocks of three songs. Um, so he does the three-pack of Ties, Prove, Two Hearts. Um, he then, song six, does one of my favourite songs, and it really hit me the very first time I saw him in 79, is Factory. Uh, it's a song that for me has always been my dad. Um, and, you know, there are fans, my wife is one of them, who don't necessarily always see Patty's contribution as positive. Um, but I think on this version, I, I just think it's a, it's a brilliant, brilliant version. Um, so that's that's another highlight for me. Um, and then you look at that. I mean, having started with Incident, if you were then whispered in someone's ear that 
this is how he's going to close, and I've talked about these clusters of three songs, this is how he's going to close the main set. Um, I mean, I guess given that you're in Philly, Streets of Philadelphia maybe was not the major surprise, but Streets of Philadelphia into New York Serenade, into the light of day, um, I just think is absolutely remarkable. And unfortunately, I've not been able to find out, but I've got to guess that the last time he played Incident and New York City Serenade would be 74 or something. Um, so those those would be, uh, well, those are my three that I put in my notes. I did listen to it again this morning, and uh, I have to say also, the f- I think... Uh, the final one would be, I actually think Raise Your Hand at the end is just, I mean, it feels like a real, real encore. You know, it's not just, yeah. Well, it's like, yeah, we are actually going to do it under the one we didn't plan to. So um, as you can probably guess, I think this is a must-buy. Yeah, I, I am right with you. Um, by the way, as you mentioned, Raise Your Hand, uh, the same feeling was I was in Louisville and during the second river tour and um he had done you know uh jump and and the show was over the show was over i saw max hand a drumstick to somebody and all of a sudden bruce up picked up his guitar and and it it appeared to me from my seat that there was confusion and they did uh bobby jean Oh, really? It truly did feel like, you know, I just feel like doing one more. Um, and Absolutely. so, yes, I, I get that. Um, I um, had a couple of magic moments on it. Um, uh, anytime I can hear Atlantic City in the band yeah. um, is just, I, I love hearing that. And I think this version was especially enjoyable as, as I was listening to it. Um, Factory, I agree with you, is such a beautiful song and and such so much about his father and your father and, and, and my father, about our fathers and mothers for those that are doing that. But that idea of that generation before us getting up in the morning and going it. Yeah. And um, I've never heard um, – I've never heard live factory murder incorporated if I shall be fall behind. So loved the 10th Avenue freeze out. And I never get tired of, because this is that epic going across the river and you got to get a band and you've got, you know, (laughs) Patty singing and, you know, redheaded woman in this whole epic. 10th Avenue freeze out is almost a mini concert. Well, it's, I mean, it's 19 and a half minutes long, for goodness <laughs> <Yes>. sake. <laughs> it just, and, and I would have loved to have been at a show doing that. One of my regrets is I didn't see any of the reunion shows. Uh, it was in Dallas in March of 2000, and I can't remember why I didn't go. Now, this was before I was so passionate slash obsessed. I was just a, I was just a fan. Um, and so I'm sure something family obligation or, or something co- stopped me from going. And that is uh, on the grand scheme of things, maybe not a huge regret, but it certainly is in my concert going shows. Number one. Understood. Understood. And then Terry, I don't know about you, but when they do the, if I should fall behind, oh. which each of them doing of a, 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 a line. 
Yeah. It is. Um, I just, I, I just, you know, I, I kind of lose it. Well, I, I, I think it's a classic. Um, and I literally was listening to that just before we, uh, we, we came on the call. Um, I mean, my last guest on Music Talks, uh, Lucy Bolter, actually had that. She didn't choose it as her 90s song, but she had it in a shortlist. And obviously I mentioned that in the podcast. Um, and I said it was our wedding song, and to which she mm-hmm. said, it's my funeral song. <laughs> oh, how wonderful. Um, and I was actually, I mean, this is, I was listening to that version thinking, I wonder, if, could I get a version that, strips out the audience so that you could use it as a funeral but i i think you know bruce has been brilliant throughout his career of sort of repurposing songs um you know and i think um like the um what was the reunion to yeah my love will um my love will not let you down it went from a a a love song to a girl to a love song to the audience you know with the lights up and everything and i think you you look at what he did here of if I, should, if I Should Fall Behind, which I think is one of the great love songs, but then turning it into a love song to the band and to the audience. And I'm with you. I mean, it, when I watch the video of it, and particularly when Clarence sings, um, yes. you know, but you just look at that band of brothers or whatever phrase you want to use, and, um, yeah, you have to be moved by it. You have to be moved by it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> now, I, some of the things that I think... I want to share with you and, and the listeners, and this is a little bit of I'm. I I, um, I had a bot. I had a guy that said that he had someone uh, from the um, Orient that worked with him, and his boss called it opening up his kimono. Yep. And yep. sharing, you know, um, I am not a fan, and and I realize heresy. Point Blank, Murder Incorporated, and Light of Day, for that matter. I know so many people love Light of Day, and I, I absolutely get it why it's a great song, but it is not one that goes okay. pump fist on me. Um, but in the same way, I never get here tired of hearing Badlands and Out in the Streets. When, when the band is doing it together, I just feel so much joy in those two songs. Well, that's that's fascinating because there's a couple of things in there. Um, the first is I I am actually um, unlike you. I am a fan of Light of Day. I think it's uh, I just think it's a, it's a great showstopper. But um, you know, we've talked about our magic moments. The what the one track or the one version I don't like is actually Point Blank. Yeah. Um, and you know, you look at I, I mentioned my first ever concert. Then if I if I thought, what were the highlights of that? You know, they opened with Prove It All Night. They did mm. Factory. Then they did Point Blank. And I always remember in Point Blank, the lights went off the, in the whole arena. Yeah. So, you know, I've always loved the song. I think uh, on the River Tour, it became really, really special. But he's tried to rearrange it. And he did the same with the River on this tour, if you think about it. And, yeah. you know, there's Clarence Saxola at the start. And I, I think the tension in the song isn't there. So that's the only, um, I think we said we called it could do better. That's the only could do yeah. better moment. Um, but you then go and you mention, I mean, Youngstown into Murder Incorporated into Badlands. I mean, we've sort yeah. of got used to it over the last 20 years. But if you remember, that was new at the time. And yes. I mean, that is, what does it work out at? That's 20 minutes of just sheer power. Um, yeah. And I still think Youngstown is one of the best things he's ever written. 
Oh, absolutely. Um, I had a, um, I, I had yesterday a really, uh, a singer songwriter from the UK named Alice Ashcroft. She is, um, oh. and, um, she's a young, um, we just happened, she does a podcast where she talks to other musicians. And so we ended up meeting each other via online. And so I had her on the show. She is, um, and I asked her about how does she build a set list? And she says that when she's doing a pub, she does a lot more covers. When she's doing a festival, she tends to try to do more of her own stuff with some covers. And then if it's an actual ticketed show, she does almost exclusively her own stuff. Right. And then, and then she kind of feels it. And I mentioned how Bruce, does it and she she wanted to know and i thought this was a great she says well do you think it's he changes the set list as the mood of the audience yep. do you think it's a fluid thing or has he planned it in advance and i told him according to little steven the set list is written and then it changes after the first song and i think that's a little bit of an exaggeration but, but i do think that it's not much ahead. of an exaggeration yeah um, I'll tell you, I was actually doing, you know what I'm like on research, uh, I thought given I was going to mention Iceman, I'd, uh, I'd just double check my facts. And at one time, I don't remember, they used to publish the handwritten set lists um, <laughs> for every show. And that show in Charlotte, and I've never seen him do this before, well, not true, there must have been times. But um, he'd for, for, the, for the opening song, he'd written Iceman slash Out in the Street. So you think, wow. what goes through his head that says, I'm either going to start with this track I've never played in my life that is a deeply sad song, or I'm going to start with Out in the Street. <laughs> and by the way, that night he just, I mean, he threw away the set list. I think, um, I think track three was Detroit Melody. They did Brown Eyed Girl. They did Mustang Sally all in the first hour. I mean, it was just like, yeah. so... Uh, and that was one of the um, archives that I had to purchase when it was available, right? Yeah. Uh, because, and I remember I was at, um, there was we were actually at a, an outdoor festival in Dallas back when you could do outdoor festivals. And um, Madison King was a, is a, a very young and upcoming singer-songwriter that Linda and I had seen open for someone, and we really liked her music. And so she was playing that night, and so we were going to – and the old 97s, but we were there to see Madison King. And on my phone, I remember Twitter going crazy because of Iceman. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just, um, just social media, like, I can't believe this is happening. So, so I'll tell but, you the uh, other thing yeah. that hit me on this, Jesse um, – one and obviously we're not going to see a tour this year and let's hope it's next year although i was reading an article this morning of one big promoter saying they think it's going to be 2022 this is not a bruce thing just before yeah big concerts and festivals come back so let's hope we do get to see him right. and the band tour again and when we do you know twitter and spring nuts and all of that will be full of people going yeah, but are we going to see the four-hour shows and all of that? And, you know, you've been lucky enough to see um, at least one marathon show. I can remember at Madison Square Gardens, and I've, yeah. seen, I've seen a couple. Um, but you look, at this, you look at this set, and it's two hours 51. And 
you know, I think people just need to remember, would you rather have four hours or two hours 51 of almost perfection? Um, you know, and then the other thing for me is look at the encores because I think of some of the longer shows, and again, I know you talked about uh, the show at uh, Madison Square Gardens was the only one you've ever been to where at the end you said, okay, I'm done, I'm sated. Right. But I'm never bored in the encores, but I don't really need to see the 20-minute version of Dancing in the Dark again. Uh, yeah. And I do think the, the, the encores have started to get just a bit predictable, whereas, you, you know, Jungle Land into Born to Run into Thunder Road. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, when Chris went to his first show in Oklahoma City, um, and blatant plug, it is on the uh, feed if you want to hear it, where we hit record on my app from my car, and as we're driving back from Oklahoma back to Dallas, we just talked. And he said, enjoyed it, but what's the deal with Jump? Is this a junior high dance? Mm -hmm. What? What? Why is he playing that song? And and he said it was great. It just it seems like a weird choice of a song, Dad. Yeah. And I, I'm like, yeah, um, it. And there is some joy. And I, you and I are both in the same camp. Bruce can do whatever the heck he wants Absolutely. to do. I if if he if he decides he wants to. Um, tour doing um all merle haggard and um johnny cash covers actually i would adore that but i don't care because i just want him to go and have fun right yeah yeah uh, so very nice but i agree with you uh to wrap this up this is definitely a must buy it is an absolutely great selection of that time period of the band and where they're at um, there is always a little bit of um, sadness when you think about Danny and, yep. and Clarence not being here, but absolutely beautiful. Um, any final thoughts? Any yeah, final I've, thoughts? I've got I've got a couple of my nerdy facts. So um, this, oh, good, this, this made me smile that, you know, you look at this set list with Incident and New York City Serenade and then Jungle Land. They sound-checked Crush On You, would you believe? <laughs> Which, I just got visions of him doing New York City Serenade, followed by Crush On You. Um, and then the other one is that apparently Abby Weinberg appears on Raise Your Hand. So there's a little nerdy factoid for... Ooh, very that. nice. But uh, um, no, it was great. And I say, I, I, I don't think there's been a bad archive series, but I do think this is... Um, this is one of the very good ones. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, one of the things that they are really good at is they they have built an anticipation. You know, there you see when it's supposed to come out, you will see people posting on Facebook or Twitter. I really hope from this era. Oh, I'm hoping from this era. You know, there's a few people who are less than kind, like, well, I sure hope it isn't one from this era again. Yeah. Um and in the in a marketing terms, they really have built a nice anticipation of we are getting and and think about it. It is amazing that we get this. Oh, yeah. And then at the same time, um, you know, on Spotify, he's he just recently um, sent out a Spotify list of all acoustical versions of some of his biggest epic songs which was kind of fun that just got released too oh i so, didn't see that 
Yeah. Oh, I'll have to have a look at that. I mean, obviously they've done yeah. they've done the live series streams where they collect mm-hmm. them, which I I actually think some of those are great. I think that's a, that is a great idea for those people who aren't quite as sad as me to buy every copy to sample. And I yeah. think I think the themes they've chosen are pretty good as well. So yeah, it's great. Can't wait for the next one. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, so if um, and yes, I'm, I'm doing really quick. Yes, it is the the live series stripped down plus more. Okay. And so it is um, Dancing in the Dark Seeds, Bunder Run, Soul Driver, Bobby Jean, and I'll continue. I won't go through all of them, but they're all stripped down versions of songs. Oh, fantastic. Uh, You've made my yeah. Sunday afternoon, Jesse. Thank yeah, you. there you go. Enjoy your Spotify <laughs> listening. Um, all right. If someone wants to reach you and hear more of you how can they uh in terms of hearing more of me the podcast is called music talks it's on all the big uh, the main podcast apps and uh, you can have a look at the website which is music talks but uh, you actually have to type the www still i'm trying to fix that www.musictalkspod.com um and if people want to get in touch with me, it's on good old email, um, musictalkspod.outlook.com or on Twitter, uh, where again, I'm Music Talks Pod. And I can be reached at Jesse Jackson DFW on Twitter. The show can be reached at setlustingbruce at gmail.com. Uh, we plan to uh, do this about once a month when a new archive comes out. However, uh, I'm pretty sure... Terry could be convinced if someone emails and says, Hey, why would you guys go back and talk about a previous release <laughs> session? We probably could be convinced uh, to pull the curtain back a little bit. I think Sorry, that's yeah. that. I think that's called being set up, but you are absolutely right. <laughs> yes. uh, Terry and I talked and he says, Hey, I know you and I both talk. Let's, let's try to keep these quick and and i said yes we will shoot for a 15 minute show so that we'll make 30 and we're at 27 so much (laughs) exactly uh so listeners thank you so much terry as always it is a joy talking to you i'm so glad we're going to do this on a rare basis um listeners be safe wear your mask wash your hands um be kind to each other and we will talk to you next month yeah see you in a month thank you jesse It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett.
Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 